you know how you always watch the news, you watch sports. I'm a big sports fan. And I remember watching this lady doing big things on Washington, NBC, doing some things, some sports. I'm like, wow, she's doing some huge things. I would love to have her on the No Pixel Dark podcast. That's what we finally have her here. But she's doing even bigger things. Senior Vice President of the Washington Commanders. Come on, that's huge. Next voice you hear is Ms. Julie Donaldson. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there's something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, online ordering, carry out, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Hartford Road. Open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be filled by Zeke's. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Dante. Thank you folks for listening today. We have an amazing show for you. I'm so excited for the guests I've got on. I've been trying to get trying to get her on the show for about two or three months. Months. I'm gonna tell you, you got to go through the Secret Service. You had to go through the National Guard, but we finally got her on the show. The Senior Vice President of the Washington Commanders, Ms. Julie Donaldson. How are you doing today? Great, great. Yeah, you know, I, I have to admit, I work with a lot of great people um, that take very good care of me. So. <laughs> Uh, glad that we were able to make this happen, though, Aaron. Really appreciate it. I really do really appreciate it. So tell people a little bit about you. Let's talk about your background. Like, how'd you get to where you are right now? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I suppose to try to not make it too long of a story, as I've been in this career for, or business, should I say, for over 20 years, started with a dream as as a young little girl, actually. Uh, I knew I always loved television. I loved telling stories. I loved people. And I wanted to be able to live that out in some facet um, and in some way. So I went to you know the University of Florida, never changed my major, learned every aspect. Yes, go Gators. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, learned every aspect of the business that, that I possibly could because I knew that I loved learning about people and sharing their stories but I wasn't convinced that maybe that was always going to be the area that I could live out my dream. So I wanted to know what did it take to run the business, to be in the legal, to be in advertising and marketing, to run the cameras, the switchboard, directing. I learned every part that I possibly could. Uh, and But I've been fortunate to really live out my dream. Um, but a lot of that kind of is really kind of given me the background to be in the position that I am now of leadership. You know, I started in Miami. I worked for the Miami Heat. I worked for Fox Sports. I did ACC Sunday Night Hoops. I produced documentaries for the Discovery Health Channel. I mean, I basically did anything and everything, kind of hustling my way through as you have to do in this business. Got a call to go to New York City, um, you know, and that was a wonderful opportunity at Sportsnet New York. I wanted the anchor desk, so I moved to Boston. Uh, took a little time out in life uh, and then was able to get this position here in Washington, D.C. with NBC Sports Washington, where I just always raised my hand to try and do more, try and learn more, try to take on that that show that made me a little bit uncomfortable and stretched and challenged me. And it, it led to where I was doing pre and post for the Redskins. Uh, and then when this opportunity came up, it, it seemed to them to be very clear choice 
to select me for this, to run the media department. Um, as they said that I, I, I knew this team like none other. I love this team. Um, I love the fan base. And so there you go. I feel like that was the three minute elevator pitch. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was all love because again, I'm out of Baltimore. And so uh, my podcast is DMV based. Uh, D, I go out to Philly and New York. I've gone to LA. And I just really wanted to have you on the show to have people be inspired from what you've done and where you come from and what you're doing now. Because that's what's about this, this podcast is about inspiring people and just showing people doing positive things in and out throughout Baltimore, DC, Virginia, you know, the DMV. That's my biggest crowd. And, you know, I won Best of Baltimore the last couple of years. And people love hearing and learning about new people. And that's why I was like, I really need to have you on the show because you're very inspiring for a lot of people out there and for myself because you've, you're doing big things out there. So we really appreciate you. So were you, I got to ask the question, were you down there when they wanted back-to-back -back championships for basketball when Joe Kim Noah was down there? Were you down there during that time? Oh, it might have been a little bit after me, but they were definitely picking up um, in college groups. I remember like students like camping outside trying to make sure that they got tickets uh, okay. to get center but uh, just to show my age and it's fine it's okay I embrace it these days um, usually they always want to know like what ball coach did I have and I I had Spurrier Spurrier okay the old ball ball coach. Coach. I had Steve Spurrier for my very first year at UF and we won it all and mm. I was like this is awesome and folks like you know this doesn't happen all the time uh, it happened a few times but it happened one time uh, while I was there my freshman year was that Danny Warfel it was Danny Warfel. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I just got it. The only thing I can remember is like Danny Warfel and Old Walker. So all I remember. Yeah. I was there when Tim Tebow um, had us win, but that was again quite a few years uh, after I left school. So, but we love Tebow. Who, who, who does? You have to be a Gator. You have to love Tebow. Just an all around good guy. Brought us a lot of great success that um, we will we'll be very proud of for many years to come. I love it. I love it. So, always ask all my guests what is your favorite childhood memory growing up? Boating. Uh, we were, I'm from the, I'm from Florida, you know, I was born and raised in Jacksonville and my parents are from Michigan. They okay. said though, when they got married, they were like enough. Uh, when they laid out, they went to a restaurant and apparently they wrote on a napkin, everything that they love to do and nothing involves no tires, fur coats, anything of digging your car out of the street to get it out. So they, they packed a car and drove to Florida and stopped at the first place. My mom got a job and I was born and raised in Jacksonville. And one of the things that they did love was being on the water, which is still a passion of mine. So every weekend we were on our boat called Never Blue, little Sea uh, Stingray, I believe it was, Sea Ray. Uh, had a little cabin underneath, we could sleep on it, had a little restroom, we'd grill out. Uh, in if, if there's the weekends that we weren't on it is because the boat was in the shop, which if, your boating people out there you understand it's in the shop a lot but such great memories on that yeah i have a, I have my boating license so we actually me and my friend have a boat together we go up boating at chesapeake and whatnot there's a there's an mm -hmm. island you want to be friends with the people that own the boat you don't want to own the boat so if you got some folks that have a boat own a boat like let's connect you know <laughs> i'll bring the beverages i'll bring some snacks we'll have a great time if you ever like in Maryland, Baltimore area, there's an island, island called Hart Miller Island, and people yeah. you dock you dock there, you just hang out all day. You're in the middle yeah. of Chesapeake, yeah. this is great. so you know about boating. All right, oh, so we're gonna we're gonna switch subject a little bit and get to your career. So you know, you say you started. Did you always want to be in sports journalism? Was there somebody that you saw on TV that was like, oh, I want to be like this person? Like, is there, like you went to college, that that was like, I want to do this. I want to be the next person. 
Yeah, you know, I remember always getting ready for school, my mom having on the Today Show, uh, okay. you know, and, and there was just something that kind of a, a, attracted me to that because it, again, I, I got into business because I love people and I love telling their stories. And I feel like that morning show was something that just kind of, it got you ready for the day in a way that I think other outlets couldn't necessarily. And it was just something that I felt like kind of brought you together. They educated you, they entertained you. It was about personalities, about people. And I believe that was like my first thing. I can still remember the kitchen, the tiny little TV my mom had and <laughs> that being on when I grabbed my breakfast and was, was getting ready. So I, I think that kind of like started me being a little like in awe of this business. But when it came down to it, you know, it was like, okay, what's the more natural fit? Well, I, I tend to a lot of times just talk with a smile and there's a lot of times you, you have to deliver news and it was like, stop smiling. I mean, I've like, I've grown a little bit into being able to, to deliver those stories now, but I like smiling. I like people, I like engaging, you know? Um, and so it was just sports was a natural fit, you know? And it was just something that I, I thought the greatest thing about it is it doesn't matter where your political views lie. It doesn't matter where your religious views lie. Um, for the couple of hours on game day, everybody puts that aside and they are united as one cheering against the other um, based on which team you root for. And there was just something that was really cool to that, to me that I just love that it brought people together. Uh, and so it just was a natural fit to go into sports. So, okay, I, I, I'm going to tell you where I went to college first. So, so you understand. Oh, no. Try am, I about, out. am I about to put the exit button on here? No, no, no. We, well, we never played you guys. We don't really okay. play you guys, okay? okay. Well, see that's good. So it's, it's, a, it's a school up north. That's all I'm going to say. But why didn't you? So you were you your school as a journalism. Which ones did you want to apply for? Or was Florida the only school of journalism you wanted to go to? Because I went to a... Florida has an amazing journalism program. Um, they, they really, really do. I mean, you have a lot of women that are out there now um, that went to the University of Florida. Um, you know, you have Christina Pink, Erin Andrews, all University of Florida grads. And, and I mean, I can probably, you know, keep going on from there, but why not just stop at the top that are leading the way uh, <laughs> and setting the standard for women. But, you know, um, University of Florida just had a great program for that. It was a difficult school to get into. I remember I applied to um, Florida State, if there are any Seminole fans out there, and I got in like this. I had to wait for Florida to accept me, and they go, we're going to defer you, um, or you can come to summer school. I'm like, summer school it is. Let's go. I'm not taking my chances being deferred. I was, you know, I graduated, you know, in the top of my class. Um, and from, from high school, but it just, it, it, to me, it was like a, it was a smarty pants school and I took a certain amount of pride in that. So it was kind of a real simple process once they accepted me. Got you. So, okay. I went to Syracuse. So that's why I was asking that question. All right, so. got the orange. I've worked with a lot of Syracuse uh, <laughs> folks over the years, especially being in this market. A lot of folks, a lot of folks, uh, rock that orange proudly. Yes. Yeah, I knew house. That's, 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 that's the school. So, um, so I guess. Oh. <laughs> so when did you so sports media you said you you were watching you know was that probably when katie kirk or back in today's show was it yeah. um, you know well i again I, I think sports it 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 started out one of my very first jobs um actually on camera i was graduated school and i was working down in miami um, volunteering at the local television station actually an entertainment side of things but it ended up being a little too salacious for me 
um, to, really kind of, to follow. And I, I just couldn't get the the meat of the story. There just wasn't that, that depth wasn't there to me, at, you know, at the time, as much as I love movies and, you know, TV shows and all of that. Um, but I, I was also, you know, as I was modeling and the only reason I did that is because I could be like in a Walmart ad selling a canoe and one day of doing that would like pay all of my bills so I could work for free at the television station. Um, and then I also was waiting tables, but the agency called me. They say, we have this television show that nobody wants because it only pays $50. Are you interested in it? And it was the Mikasuki sports wrap. And it was with Kimbo Camper and Joe Rose, a couple of guys that played for the Dolphins. And I said, hell yeah, let's go. Give this a shot. I showed up and just did tosses, kind of like welcome to the show. And, and that same day I said, I need, I, I gotta pay me more money for this. And it went to $100. Uh, and then I kept asking to do more and be more involved. And, and then I, through that, I was able to kind of like really tell stories um, of a lot of the, the, the athletes in the Miami area and kind of like what makes them who they are. How do they know their position so well, get into that, really kind of advance to the level where that, that 1% of the 1%, be it hockey, baseball, um, you know, working for the Miami Heat even as well, it, it kind of added to that. So I just kind of got into sports that way by loving their stories and loving the dedication and again, loving the game. And it just kind of, it just skyrocketed from there. I suppose I mean, maybe it was, a, I wouldn't say skyrocket. It was, it's been a slow, steady climb, but it, it just kind of got me full-time pretty much into sports. I love that story. You said something very, that was like, you said a lot of, you dropped a lot of jewels and gems right in that area, but you said, you were like, you know what? I'm going to do it for free. I'm going to, I want to learn. I want to mm -hmm. hustle. I want to grind. Yeah. I want to know how to do this. I want to figure out. So I know how to make the rights and wrongs and build myself up. And I love hearing that. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people understand there's like certain sacrifices you got to make in the beginning. You well, know? I was even waiting tables in the afternoons. Um, and there was one point too, where uh, I got hired to produce um, documentaries. Again, that kind of would air on the Discovery Health Channel at this production company. And I would go and do like an eight hour shift for them. So sometimes um, I would, and I also got a Miami heat gig where I was doing like the inner arena stuff and interviewing like celebrities and whoever kind of ever came for that. So there were times where I'd go in at like three o'clock in the morning to get my eight hour shift done to do hosting duties for maybe something else in the afternoon to get free to do the Miami heat game at night. And I can't say that was like every day, but there definitely were days where if that's what it required and that's what it took, that's what I did. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like I've always been a hustler and always been willing to do what it takes to kind of learn, grow, stretch and be in the areas that I want to do. And that means sometimes you do things you don't want just to afford you the opportunity to get further into what you do want. Yeah, that's really cool. All I can think about when you're talking about hustling hard is like Rick Ross, the song Hustle, Hustle Hard. So that's, that's really, you know, Pontiac, Florida, but yeah, that's how I was thinking about that. Um, so how did you end up in DC? Like, how do you move up from like, you know, you say you went to, you're in, you're, you're in Florida, then you went to Boston and then you came to DC. Like, how did that all transpire? Like the No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouthwatering cuisine from falafels to scallops and everyone's favorites, honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m., Tuesday through Saturday, and for brunch, Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. 
delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy, and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials. No Picks After Dark is sponsored by Snug Books, an independent bookstore serving Northeast Baltimore and beyond. In addition to featuring new books for all ages, the store also carries cards, stationery, gifts, games, and more. Visit snugbooks.com to shop online, learn more about the store, read our latest newsletter, and find a calendar of events, or come browse the store in person. Snug Books is located at 4717 Harford Road, next to Zeke's Coffee in Hamilton, Laurelville. There is free parking behind the store and open hours are Tuesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. No Picks After Dark podcast is sponsored by Open Works Baltimore. Enrollment for Maker Camp at Open Works is now open, offering half-day experiences for kids ages 8 to 12 in digital design, drones, and sewing. Maker Camp is a great way for kids to explore their creative side this summer. Sessions run July 11th to August 12th. Scholarships available. Learn more at www.openworksbmore.org backslash youth-programs backslash. Right, we, we can be real here. Um, sometimes life's hard. And okay. I, I left Boston a little earlier than I wanted to as I went through, through a, a personal life change. And I, I just needed to reset. You know, I call it like a TV timeout. And, you know, so I, I went home and, and was with my parents and just kind of like regrouping. And I started calling when I was ready to get back to work. Um, I just started calling everybody that I possibly could that I knew and had contacts with to say, let's like, let's go. And of course, I had contacts with those who were at um, at the time Comcast Sportsnet. And um, again, just hustling like I, I knew what time to be where they would walk by out in San Francisco and I'd catch them in the hallway and, and you know, to meet the general manager. And then he's like, come meet our news director. And the news director's like, what are you doing besides hustling for a job? I'm like, that's it. Are you going to hire me? Um, and, you know, like the same for here. So it just I, here's the thing. I think when when you go through challenges in life. Um, people love a good comeback story. And the only way you can have a good comeback story is if you're worth that comeback. And, you know, when they went and called around NASA, like, okay, this girl's, you know, she's gone through it. Um, she's been out of work. And the reputation was, is that, you know, I'm a good ad in the newsroom. I'm going to work my butt off for you. And mm. so, all right, let's give her a chance. You know, like, what, what do we lose? Let's give her the opportunity. And through those opportunities, I made the most of it. And it just, my my connection came to, uh, the opportunity came to come up here. Um, they flew me up. I had to pay for my own hotel for what ended up being two months uh, just to be able to freelance while um, somebody was, was out on maternity leave. And uh, she came back, but an, an opportunity opened where I was able to be hired full time. And it became a job where I was at NBC Sports Washington for 10 years because I loved it. Yeah, you know, I ended up loving this area. I love the market. Uh, you know, I worked in New York City and Boston, as you said, but there's something about the DC, like mid-Atlantic area because I am from Florida. I actually hate summer. It's too freaking hot for me. Um, <laughs> but Boston was a little too extreme. As my mom said, you went the wrong direction. I like the sky. I like the cold weather. I like the boots and all of that stuff. But I, I want the seasons. And I feel like the Mid-Atlantic really offers a great balanced life. 
Right. You know, like in New York City to survive, you had to get out. Um, and, and in Boston, you kind of needed to get away to get some fresh air. I don't feel that here. Like I got the country not far away. I've got great culture downtown. You've got great neighborhoods you can all get within um, and great teams right here. I mean, I've covered the Orioles. I've covered Ravens, you know, um, so there's just no shortage of of teams to cover and and areas to just kind of, you know, really kind of grow. So I've, I've loved this area, I've stayed in this area, and, you know, I will be here for the foreseeable future. So I did a little research, and I saw that you did some work with the Olympics. Like, how was that? Like, I mean, what an experience. Like, how did that even have transpire? Like, there's a whole bunch of NBC anchors, reports all across the United States and the world. You got, you got the gig. I mean, you're, you're reporting at night. You're doing things like how that when they told you, hey, we want you to come up and do some, uh, you know, Olympics coverage. Like, how was that reaction? You've, you've done it like because it's like a, every four years type of thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if you get summer, it's every two summer and winter. Oh, yeah, summer, so, yeah, yeah. You know, NBC Comcast bought NBC. Right. And so Comcast took over and it became NBC Sports. And of course, NBC has the Olympics. So one of the things that they did is like, let's combine forces here and be smart with it. So NBC Sports opened up a their headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut, this beautiful studio area. And it was like, who do we have within, you know, the the regionals that we can call up and, and, and have do these? And I, you know, I suppose I went out in the gig and I've done five different Olympics. It's all been out of Stanford, Connecticut, so I haven't necessarily been able to be in Pyeongchang or Rio as much as that would be wonderful. But, you know, I always had the anchor desk. I love the anchor desk. That was my dream and my passion to like own that desk. So I got to own that update desk um, for the Olympics. But man, here's the challenge, Aaron. When when you're doing that, like you're having to do updates on every single event and give who won, which means you're trying to say a name from the Netherlands right after saying a name from China, Japan, Germany, you know, in Russia, and that is a lot of different names to try and get out and get right. And the pressure to get them right was definitely um, a challenge, but a pretty cool experience. And then you're also working like 12 hours a day for 21 days straight. And for the last few, it was flip hours. Like I'd get up at midnight to go <laughs> into the updates and be trying to do everything I could to go to bed at four o'clock in the afternoon, which was just wild. Wow. <laughs> so what an experience. What an experience. Yeah, it, was cool. it was pretty cool. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Sharing. So, all right. This Washington commander's child comes up. Mm-hmm. And when they're like, you know, your name's called. And it's like, like, what was your first thought when they're like, you know, they're like, we want you to do this. We want you to do not. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'll probably be jumping up and down, dancing. Like, I made it, mama. I'm in the NFL, baby. We're in the NFL now. But, I mean, yeah. just, just like, you know, like, take us through that experience because that's like, you've, earned it you've grinded you've hustled you I mean, and you're still you're still doing a damn thing out here you're still doing it but what i'm saying is like nfl is like the nfl you know when you get there it's like all right now we're here now we're this is like the major this is the this is it how did you feel when you're like they want we want you to do this was it an immediate like Heck yeah, or was it like, let me think about it. Were you like cool and calm and collective when you, you know, when it all came about? Or? Yeah, you know, is I mean, unfortunately, it came at a time of you know very difficult turmoil for the franchise, right? Um, right. You know, it was, it was a very ugly period um, for this franchise to to kind of work through. I remember, I got the call on Tuesday in the gym class, and my boss calls me a couple times, and I'm like, uh oh, what I do? <laughs> like, <laughs> your boss calls you a couple times in a row, and you don't normally call. Him, like something happened. Right. He's being a little coy with everything. 
Um, and and I, I knew what was kind of happening within the franchise. I was aware of the story that was about to break that everybody was wondering with the Washington Post. And uh, so, you know, they I, I kind of knew that there was something to do with the, the opportunity. But then, you know, on, on Wednesday, they were able to make the offer and they said, we want you to, you know, we want you to come over. We want you to take over game day. We want you to be in the booth. You'd be the first female to have a full-time position in the booth. And I still am the only one today to do that. And we want you to kind of help, you know, run this department. You you know the business, you know the team. <laughs> and at first I was like, you know, it was, it, it was to me, I was like, y'all are crazy. Um, and I was going to know because I wasn't, you know, I, I just wasn't sure um, about all of it. And, and honestly, there were some, definitely some insecurities um, with that. And then also some like questions on, well, where's the direction going? Will I be able to make an impact? And then they called and said, well, we want you to have authority. We want you to be able to first off hire who you want to hire. So, um, so they have to answer to you and respect you in a way um, that maybe they wouldn't if you were just considered a little, you know, brought in and, and we're bringing them in as well. We want you to really own this game day. And then we want you to be able to really have an impact on the direction of the franchise. Um, and, and to really have a role within that. And that's something that I really took to heart and still do to this day. You know, there's a, I knew a lot of great people that worked for the franchise, a lot of new people that were coming in and just wanted to celebrate the jobs that they were doing. And we're all in it because we love the game. We love the team. We love telling the stories. And I felt that they deserved that. And they deserved to be able to have somebody advocating for them, um, male or female. Uh, so uh, it's it became a yes, and it's been just a whirlwind since then. And it's been you know plenty challenging, of course. Um, I've I've been you know learning a lot, growing a lot, and still really do continue to do that to this day. But I'm so grateful they had that faith in me and gave me the opportunity to have this position and um, to really kind of take it to that next level is is what we're doing. And you know, hopefully with Ron Rivera leading things on the field, it becomes a much easier process to do as well. So that's, that's awesome. That's all. So what does your job entail? Like, What is your daily operations? I know, you, you know, you, you mm-hmm. game day, you have a podcast that just got picked up. I heart ready. You heard that's all that. Um, and what else? Like what else? Like, like when, like, and how big's your staff? Like at, at staff? Well, I mean, we're, we're a relatively small staff, um, but okay. we have an extension, you know, of, of all of our content team that really is responsible for all of the content we put out, be it digital, social, um, the broadcast, game day. So I I head up our media department. So I head up all of our television shows, um, our streams that we put out, um, pretty much a lot of the really football um, content that we put out, like on game day, of course, I'm in charge of the radio deal, uh, the podcast that we do, and that iHeart deal. I was so excited to celebrate. This is something that I had wanted to do when they first came around to us. I'm really at the end of last season, but I had to wait for our current deal to be up uh, to be able to make that move. And of course, we went through the whole process and, and, and wanted to hear and give everybody a fair chance at, at bidding for this. But I had a vision um, of what we could be and where we want to go. And I, I'm great that this has finally come around. And especially when it does come to the podcast, like they own that space and are going to really be great thought partners with us on helping to take what is already you know, I believe some great content to the next level, especially now that we're out of COVID. Hopefully we don't have as many restrictions on who we can bring around to, to really kind of elevate that. And, you know, and then just game day in the booth, like 
I'm excited. We're going to be on a great station. You know, people hopefully will not have to look for us. We'll be right there um, on Big 100. And when we went around and announced this, everybody at iHeart, there was an energy. Like mm. all of their talent, um, their hosts, we did, you know, went around with Coach Rivera and Jason Wright. And they were just so excited to collaborate with us, to be with us, to say, what content can we create? How can we tell the stories of your players and really get people to know them on a different level as well? So it's going to be fun. I just emailed today to talk about um, some extra like brainstorming sessions we can have for everything. So it's really cool. Um, but, you know, I have the opportunity of creating what I want with my team and hopefully creating really good content for the fan base. I feel like because I've been here for now 12 years, I've got a good pulse for fan base and, and kind of what they want. And, and I'm hopefully creating content that that you guys consume and, and learn about your team and uh, you know, hopefully celebrate it all. So the days are busy. And then I also host the shows and, and preparing. I feel like it's like I have two and a half full-time jobs, uh, <laughs> you know, and like I had to, I had to work a, a you know, a work a my, you know, a budget and, um, you right. know, all these balance sheets and stuff that I'm like, okay, what does this line out mean? How do we do that? Like, what does this mean I'm responsible for? So it's, it's a constant learning process, but again, there's just such good people there that are, are learning with me and, and patient with me and collaborating and just, uh, it's, it's, it's really kind of, it's just a cool opportunity. And the day to day is, is, is a lot, but always, um, a fun challenge and a fun thing to, to get up and go to work for. I love it. I love it. I love hearing that. So you were named Sports Illustrated in top 20 in 2020 as powerful, influential, outstanding women in sports. How did you feel when you saw that article? Like, what, like, did it sound like valid all the years you've been working? And like, you know, you probably knew you were already, you were good at what you did, but hearing that from a big publication, like, what do you think about that? There's a lot of responsibility and it's outside of my little world. I think a lot of times, you know, I dismiss and even to this day at times, I, I'm just kind of quick to dismiss what I'm doing because I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, I don't think I see it through the lens of maybe sometimes the way other people do. Um, you know, but when when I saw that, I realized, too, and, and now I can kind of look back as well and say, like, there's a lot of responsibility that has come with this job. Um, and I, I've never taken that lightly again. It's why I ultimately did take the job is because I said, okay, like uh, I'm like, I want this challenge. Um, but when I did see that, I mean, it's, it's kind of pretty damn cool. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it just, it kind of showed me like, okay, like, you know, like <laughs> pull up your bootstraps, like, hold on, let's go because this is not going to get easier. Uh, and it really hasn't, but in a good way. I love hearing that. Thank you so much for telling us that. So, you know, we've talked for almost 30 minutes. What do you people, what do you want people to walk away with from the Adler's interview, just about who you are and what you've gone through and, you know, what's inspiring? Because I've told you, I said, okay, I'm inspired from what you are doing and mm -hmm. your transition from here to there and now where you are. And it's huge. And you're breaking like glass ceilings, wherever you want to call it. You're knocking down doors. And that's why it was so important for me to have a positive story like yourself. And I was like, emailing your team, like, come on, I really need her on the show because she's doing mm -hmm. some amazing. Like, all right, tell us a little bit more about you. I'm like, all right, you need my fingerprints? No, just, but it was just really cool. But I just really, really, really want to salute you because you were doing things that people need to hear about the Baltimore area, especially. You know, there's things people are doing, women are doing huge things, okay? And we're, you know, just with everything going on, you know, a brand new Black Supreme Court of Justice, stuff like that. Just yeah. women are doing some big things just in general. So 
What do you want people to walk away from this interview just from hearing the story? You mentioned that. And even I just, you know, being the the first and again, still the only female in, in the booth in the NFL, like it's what we're doing is not anything really foreign. Um, it just hasn't been done before. You know, like having Jennifer King is not foreign. She's a good coach. It just hasn't had somebody that looks like her in that situation. Um, I love that women are starting to be recognized for the jobs that they do, not just for being women. If you do a job well, you should be able to celebrate that, have the opportunity to go up for that, compete for that job, and then just do the job. You know, I, I, it doesn't even get brought up that much anymore, which I think is great because it's becoming much more of a norm. And I love that, uh, you know, but there still is a great responsibility with that that I hold um, and I, I don't ever forget. And, and especially just, again, it's it, I'm responsible to my staff. I'm responsible to my peers. I'm responsible um, to the fan base. And that is some of the most, and, and to, the, to the players that I cover and the team, you know, that, that I'm covering and, and, you know, working for as well. And the biggest thing I think I would want folks to take away from here is it starts with a dream. Mm. Um, you have to advocate for yourself as nobody's going to just hand it to you. I mean, I raised my hand any opportunity I could, even if I was insecure on what I was walking into. Um, so I, I worked my butt off to try and be as prepared as best I could. There are plenty of times where I messed up and I fell or, or maybe I, you know, missed out on a job that I thought I should have had or, or advanced further than, than I, or, you know, than, than I did. And maybe things didn't go as quickly as I had wanted at times. Um, but that's your path, your journey. You have to advocate for it and you have to really enjoy it. And it comes with hustle. It comes with hard work. It comes with keeping at it and grinding. Um, it comes with picking yourself up when, when you do, you know, totally mess up or make that mistake or, you know, um, again, whatever, whatever that is, that's trying to hold you back of just saying, okay, let's, let's go again. Um, because it's all just giving you character and testing you for what's to come. I had no idea this job is what I was preparing myself for when I was asking to do the Redskin shows, when I was asking to do training camp shows, when I was asking to go to practice, um, when that opportunity came to do them pre and post, which set me up perfectly for, for this job. So enjoy the journey because you never really know what's coming, but you always have to strive for something. Um, and then, you know, even when I didn't believe in myself because I've surrounded myself with some really good people, they help give the faith in me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have taken this job. So I believed in myself as much as I, I feel that I can because I wanted this for my I wanted the career that, you know, I'm to strive for and that dream that I have and that vision that I have for myself. But there's been so many people along the way that have said, okay, you know, help build you up along the way um, and help prepare you for where you're supposed to be. And it all culminates in what's been, you know, a great career that's far from over. Well, all right. I'll do a real quick speed round. I know you have to go. I know you're, I know it's like, you know, I heard get you out of here, but real quick speed <laughs> round. Brunch, okay. brunch or dinner? Oh, brunch all day long. I love brunch. Favorite, what is your favorite go-to meal for brunch? Oh, brunch. It is a salmon eggs Benedict. I love the poached salmon. And of course it has to come with a good mimosa. Don't get crazy with my mimosa. I just want their traditional classic OJ. All right. Crabs or crab cakes? Ooh, I, we're talking about Maryland crabs. We're talking and about Maryland crabs. 
I love those suckers. I've never had them until I moved up here. Like in Florida, we get crab legs and I love a good stone claw, like, a, you know, the cold stone, stone crabs. Like those are great, but really pricey. But I love myself a good Maryland crab at the Old Bay. Um, it's time for them again, right? It's, it warms yeah, up. We'll be back and back in June, July, August is when it's really, August is when it's the best. I'll, I'll get them all time. I always like asking that question because I always tell people you can't use your phone. You can't be your phone. You have to enjoy the moment. You're eating. Right. Your and you, it is. You're there. You're experiencing it. You're having a good beverage. You're listening to good music. You're on the water. I love it. Yeah. All right. Chicken wings, drums or flats? <laughs> <laughs> it's, always the, it's always the question. See, no, there's always. <laughs> I like the drums because I for as much as I like crabs with my chicken wings, I don't like getting my fingers dirty. So I like the drums because I can use a fork and knife. And I know you can shame me for that. It's my way of eating them. All right. All right. We will let you slide with that. <laughs> the, the fork and knife. Let you slide. Um, blue cheese or ranch? Blue cheese. All right. There we go. All right. All right. Okay. And what is the best advice you've ever received? Oh, gosh. Did I get this question ahead of time? Because I, I, I don't know. I don't think I paid attention to him. Um, best advice. No, you're, no, you're good. You're good. You're flowing. This is the last question. You're good. You're... I mean, best that's advice. difficult because I, I've, I've had such wonderful people in my life mentoring me. Um, and, and I think a lot of times it just depends on kind of like where I'm at or what I'm dealing with. Um, but I don't know. Let, let's go with this one of my, I mean, maybe my mom said is that, you know, God didn't make any junk. He made you on purpose. Uh, and you have to walk in that no matter what you're facing in life, personally, professionally, um, in all of your relationships, um, that there, there's there's a purpose for it and, and believe in that. Um, and then you're, you're going to come out okay. Folks, she dropped jewels. She dropped gems. You know, I have a pen and paper that I've been writing the whole time because <laughs> I'm inspired. You know, the dream, just going after, you know, hustling. I mean, this is so inspiring. Thank you so much. We know you're busy. Senior Vice President of the Washington Commanders, Ms. Julie Donaldson, came with notes of the Dark Podcast. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Any last words? Any last words? Go commanders, let's take command. <laughs> Love, peace, and we're out, folks. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Baltimore Fiscal Partners is a boutique CPA firm specializing in accounting and consulting services for nonprofits, small businesses, and with experience running nonprofits and small businesses, they know that there's not always enough time at the end of the day for you to focus on your finances, whether it's monthly bookkeeping or an annual audit, tax preparation, or consulting, nonprofit or small business. Baltimore Fiscal Partners provides full range or tailored solutions that keep your goals and budget in mind. Learn more about Baltimore Fiscal Partners online at BaltimoreFiscal.com or follow them at Baltimore Fiscal on Facebook and Instagram.